Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hook em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Oh, man. Uh, we were just talking about this, but the... Uh finalists are out for the Lombardi Award. It goes to the nation's best offensive or defensive lineman, Rod. And our guy, Tavondre Sweat, not one of the Final Four. Yeah, it's tough as an interior D lineman, man. It's tough. Uh, Notre Dame offensive tackle Joe Alt, Utah defensive end Jonah Ellis, UCLA defensive end Latu, 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 Latu mm-hmm. and Georgia tight end Brock Bowers. Since when the tight ends get to be up for the Lombardi Award? That doesn't make any sense. I still think that's, <laughs> that's stupid. And now because Brock Bowers isn't a hell of a player, it's just stupid. They're expanding the, the definitions of these awards and the criteria way too much. Come on, man. Yeah. Well, he's going to be up for the Mackey along with uh, JT Sanders, but, uh, uh, but he's likely to win the Mackey for the second straight year. And now he's in there for the Lombardi. That's, uh, that, that's out of Houston, right? That's where they mm-hmm. do that? Yep. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I can't believe that he's not up for it at all. That's – that's yeah, disappointing. It is. Uh, he is. Uh, we'll see because they're, they're going to announce the outlet. Remember, the, the college football award show is, what, December? It's after the college football. The week after they announce the Final yes. Four, um, they get into those. But, uh, all right, so that's disappointing. We're also talking plenty of football, Longhorns, Cowboys, and Texans with all kinds of conversation. Um, and, and we're uh, getting cranked here. Now, Ty, we have to grade ourselves from our five picks. We went head-to-head in our fifth hour on Friday. I think I had a little bounce back week. I think I might have beaten Ty this week, but we'll run through the scores and uh, who he picked and who I picked. We'll also go behind the burn orange curtain. Longhorns get the big win, the uh, big second half. Longhorns had a uh, 6-3 at the half. The Longhorns frustrated with a, with a couple of uh, touch, uh, scoring opportunities called back by penalties. Uh, the, the touchdown pass to A.D. Nayer, also the – A.D. Mitchell, I should say. A.D. Nayer. A.D. Mitchell, I'm sure that came from. And the uh, kick return for Xavier Worthy. <laughs> which was called back on a Keaton Crawford uh, block in the back. Uh, I thought both of those calls, by the way, were, were fair. I mean, you know, some will say they're ticky-tack, but I do think Keaton Crawford pushed uh, the Iowa State player in the back. Yeah. And I do think, you he know, did. Kelvin Banks did reach out and kind of tug uh, underneath the shoulder pad there, the, 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 the underside. And it was a P.I. on, on uh, Ryan Watts. Too. I think it was, too. Yeah. So, again, I, I, but I know Longhorn fans were frustrated with six penalties against Texas and none for Iowa State in the first half. Uh, but I do think those were all legit. And so they were frustrated, but you're going to talk about behind the burn orange curtain rod. Game really changed when Sark got this offense rolling with a couple of huge plays, a um, you know, pop, you know, touchdown pass 23 yards to Jordan Whittington, Gunner Helm, 31-yard reception that gave Texas a 23-9 lead. And it's something, you know, there were times early in his tenure at Texas you, were, you took to calling Coach Sark Coach Steven because of the lack of schematic advantage he was giving his team. I think you're giving him the roses today, Yeah, the game he called. And we'll talk about that coming up. Also, as we said, props to Burt Auburn. He's made 14 field goals in a row now, Rod. I want to say last guy's three, automatic now. Last three games, he's made 10 of 10. Yeah, he's been right. out. Yeah, he's, three for three this year. He's 14 straight. Five, five 40 plus yard field goals uh, in the last three games. Like I said, 10 of 10. You know, no doubt. And think about your wins, right? You've won games by 
close, close margins. Single at three, three points and they all ten matter. points. Yeah, so give him a lot of credit because he started the year kind of shaky. Yeah, yeah. Started well, the year pretty and shaky. A, and in addition to the penalties, calling back two touchdowns. You also had the you know the Longhorns finally there in the second quarter got some rhythm offensively. Looked like they're it was after Matt Campbell for whatever reason tried to kick a fifty something yard field goal. Instead of punting Texas down, when it was, ah, he was mad, he that was because remember he was mad about the spot still. Even though the spot was right, the spot was right because the the kid bobbled the reception. Yep. If he'd uh, caught it cleanly, what was it like a third and four or something? Yeah, like that? and he caught it at the sticks. And he and caught it at the Jade sticks. Jade Barron hit him, and he bobbled it. And by the time he caught it and secured it. It was, three yards it was like a one-yard game. Yeah. And then he ended up being a fourth and three, and Matt Campbell was just livid. I mean, he was throwing just a grown man temper tantrum out there. And I, I swear he let that emotion, he, he let it dictate his that call to go for the 50-something-yard field goal. Because we all were saying on in-game live watch, oh, man, they're going to pin Texas deep here. Yeah, punt. Pin Texas. Texas got a march. They'd already sacked Quinn four times. Yeah, make a, make a march 90-something yards. They probably won't do it. And then – even more so, they'll punt it back to you, and you force Texas to play what? Two-minute defense. Yeah. What's they're bad at? He, he, you could tell he wasn't calculating all that as a coach. All he was thinking about was how mad and angry he was and that he was going to get some points out of this and make them pay. And as a coach, you can't coach like that. You can't coach emotional. You can use emotion, I think like Sark did in the second half, to, to, to really you know juice and infuse some of your play calling with aggression. But you can't coach emotion like that, and he did. He was going off, and he was like, "Ooh, go 50 or field goal. I was like, have you not watched your kicker? Because that field goal didn't have a chance. Yeah, it was a hook. <laughs> a hook and a shake. Yeah, it was not good. And that gave Texas field position. And the point of that was that gave Texas some momentum. It and did. they were moving the ball. And it looked like X-Man was going to take it to the house on an end around. And I thought oh. he, he kind of overran his blocker because he's got Christian Jones out there. and. Yep. If he just slows down just a tad, just a tad. Um, Christian, I think, would have ended up blocking the guy that ended up hitting the ball, you know, putting the helmet on the ball mm-hmm. and knocking that ball loose. So you fumbled that ball going in, uh, two, two taken off the board by penalties. But it was Sark's uh, play calling in that second half to get Quinn easy read throws. And you'll talk about that in burnt orange curtain. Um, you know, we've also got the, the whole weekend. Now we've got the Michigan scandal. We'll see where that goes. How about this, Rod? You know, college game day and Big Noon Fox are going to Ann Arbor Saturday. I mean, obviously, it's the game of the year in college football. Oh, it's going to be huge. Number two against number three uh, for the right to go to the Big Ten Championship. The Michigan scandal has dominated the headlines, too. And there's <laughs> – how about this? Michigan and their fans have determined that ESPN is the driving force of this whole controversy. Oh, no. Yes. So they're calling – there's a, really? now, now there's now a swell in, in Ann Arbor to boycott College Dame Day. Come on, guys. Because the lead reporter on a lot of this has been Pete Thamel. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, well, and the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal and the NCAA. What? Are you guys serious? You're blaming – listen, you can blame ESPN for a lot of stuff, but you can't blame them for this. That doesn't – but you know how <laughs> fans get, right? They, I got to blame somebody. I, look, I remember, this is not to any close to the level of what – um, you know, Joe Paterno was dealing with, but there were Penn State fans defending Joe Paterno. Oh yeah, when I the news that. they were blaming the media, like uh, Baylor fans defending Why Browns. Uh, exactly. Why are you reporting this? Why are you reporting? <laughs> well, it's, like, it, it's news. <laughs> like, what? It's a scandal, y'all. Yeah. Why did y'all? Why did y'all do these heinous? Why did y'all commit these heinous things? Right? Commit these heinous it's, deeds. It, I mean, fans are fans, and uh, yeah. we see it in our political realms these days too, where you kind of pick pick your. You know, which oh, yeah. media you like tribalism, and which you don't. Man. Yeah, tribalism. It's well, because I've always said scary. that the political landscape has kind of gone because we've been doing sports radio for so long, Rod. This is how sports always is. You're going to – you know, the Aggies can't – if you're a Longhorn fan, the Aggies can't do anything right. Yep. Uh, same way the other way. It becomes tribal. You never compliment the other side if you do anything right. Never. <laughs> and that's what happens now in our politics. But at the same time, 
Uh, I, when, when I was first getting together with my wife way back in the 90s, when that Joe Paterno thing was going on, and her, a lot of her family is from right there in State College, so we went you know, for a visit. And I just remember they, they were convinced. Like, oh, this is all a witch hunt. This is like the whole Jerry Sandusky thing. I'm like, that's crazy. Really? If you guys read this, and yeah. maybe this. and the facts. I, I learned pretty quick because I was trying to ingratiate myself with the family, and I was like, well. Don't get in that argument. I'm not arguing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the politics argument. These days, like, you meet somebody's family for the first time, you don't discuss politics or religion, you don't go there. It's like Thanksgiving's coming up. I'm not, I'm not getting mm, into nope. this stuff or that pivot, stuff. Pivot, pivot, pivot. go somewhere else. <laughs> what can we agree on here exactly. today? The weather. Cranberry sauce. That. Yeah, there we go. Come on. <laughs> uh, but, no, I mean, it was like, I was like, y'all, really? Have you not read some of this stuff? It's pretty bad. Oh, no, that's all made-up stuff. That's all. Made-up stuff. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Well, listen, if you read a lot of what's going on in Michigan, they're, they're, they, they, they believe Feinbaum and ESPN and Pete Thamel are the ones that are pushing this. And, and, they're, and, and they're, they're, the, the inception of their, their conspiracy theory is that, of course, Michigan's leaving ESPN to go to Fox. With their move into the Big Ten, because yeah. ESPN's mad at yeah. because they're losing control. It's out of spite. This is yes. Like holding, yeah, okay. Well, as we know, and Michigan's not moving, but USC and UCLA are coming in, uh, Oregon and Washington are coming in, and, they're, and Fox will now be the king of the Big Ten, right? They're going to have the Big Ten package next year. ESPN will be all SEC. Hmm. So this, the argument is, oh, you're trying to diminish a team you're no longer going to be able to broadcast their games. And that's the the inception of this. That okay. this this has come from teach a lesson to other uh, programs who might want to do the same or thing, or like, just diminish know. the Big Ten because they're now no longer uh, going to be airing those games. Oh man! Uh, again, that's where the that's where it comes from. Hey, you take you take some hard work, some mental gymnastics to get. Trust me, I do conspiracy theories all the time. So to get out there on the grassy knoll, sometimes it takes a leap. Takes a leap. It takes a leap. <laughs> and and Michigan fans believe that, uh, or at least are trying to talk themselves into the idea that oh, you know. ESPN has been the drive, and, and let's be fair too. Fox is now going getting in bed with them, uh, the Big Ten, and they've been very favorable. Like if you watch, uh, you know, the big noon Fox stuff, they are not nearly as critical and don't talk as much about Michigan as ESPN has. ESPN with Feinbaum, ESPN with Thamel, they're just doing the reporting, and then you know Feinbaum's the opinion guy, yeah. and he's been very harsh towards Michigan without a doubt. Well, so, and, and McAfee has come out publicly, and yes, he McAfee's is been strong. very strong. Yeah, he's been very strong that they should not be in the playoff. That you basically need to punish them, and they don't need to be given any type of opportunity to achieve anymore this year. So, and, so that goes to the conspiracy theory about ESPN, and they, you know. That yeah. So that, and so now there's a push to hey, when 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 they show up, do not go to college game day, go to Fox. Oh man. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know what? Honestly, don't underestimate the passion of college football fans. Because, <laughs> uh, honestly, they may end up having – if it's going to be there, they may end up with only Ohio State fans there hanging out at the game day set then. Because Michigan fans, they are – they're passionate and they're loyal. Just, and, they're, and they're loyal to their guy. Jim, you see how everybody's got the free well, – well, still look, wearing the free Jim Harbaugh shirts and stuff. Well, unless it's fair, up until last Thursday when the Big Ten and, ben, and Jim Harbaugh and the university agreed to the suspension when the new information came forward um, that the NCAA supplied to Michigan that, hey, we – and that's when they fired their linebackers, Coach Rod, on Friday because it, you know, there could be some allegations of destroying evidence and that he was the direct link to Connors. I told you on, on Friday morning, Rod, that there was uh, a Michigan assistant coach who had gone black and, and shut out all his social media. That dude. And then that dude got fired. And then, you know, the allegation is he was not being cooperative with the investigation, which some have reported that it was, you know, tampering with or destroying evidence. 
uh, computer hard drives and things of that nature that would connect it to uh, Connor Stallions. Uh, and then, of course, the booster, Mr. Uncle T. Uncle T. Uncle T. Might be. Who's Uncle T? Some people say it could be Tom Brady. Who's Uncle T? Yeah, Who there's is? reports of a booster that goes under the A-list. Uncle T, who is funding. And the, the, the NCAA has discovered that and has told Michigan. And that's when they dropped their suit. But, again, up until that point, Michigan was at that this was a witch hunt. They were adamant that their coach was getting, you know, so the fans just take the narrative. They just ran with it, right? They're 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 still in full belief that this is much ado about nothing, and so don't you know if it weren't for ESPN, this wouldn't be a big story. So and now our coach is suspended uh, for the know. second time this year. Oh yeah, for different reasons. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. fans, don't 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 well, don't, 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 uh, don't think fans won't put their head in the sand. The uh, man's well, the man likes to walk the line. Can we at least admit that? Yeah. <laughs> the man likes to walk so, the line. So that will be Go sixty-seven into sixty-five. <laughs> that will be pretty interesting to see on Saturday if you know if if Fox has this huge crowd and ESPN has a much more diminished. Wouldn't that be interesting to see how this goes on Saturday? Yeah, because they're both going to be there. And you know, we you and I were doing the pregame down on on uh, Bevo Boulevard when Alabama was in town for Texas. And remember, this was just two last year. And both Fox and ESPN were there, and there was nobody at the Fox set. Yeah. Remember, I remember that? that? I do remember that. And so, they, they, like, the Fox people were walking around trying to get like, give away free Wendy's to come over to there. Yeah, like, come on over here, man. <laughs> Basically trying to bargain with people to get on over there. Yeah, because everybody's over at game day uh, for ESPN. That'll be interesting. We'll see, because Michigan apparently is uh, – there's a, there's a online push, the social media push. Are we sure Fox isn't helping – you push know this they with would. propaganda so that they can get they people will. away from the game they set into the Fox stuff. Well, Come in on. your own best interest. That's what I'm saying. So they may be online trying to, you know, push this little uh, conspiracy theory a little bit too. Right. Help Fox. Well, we'll hear from Sark today, 11 o'clock, his game week news conference, talking about uh, the latest on the injuries. Uh, Xavier Worthy didn't finish that game. Uh, DJ Campbell um, had to leave that game. Good thing that Cole Hudson was ready to go and healthy. Uh, also, J.T. Sanders got rolled up on a little bit on that sideline play that a lot of people thought was a little late uh, and out of bounds. But uh, we'll hear from Sark today on that. Mm-hmm. He did say in the post game that uh, he thinks none of those injuries are, are super, super serious, right? Uh, like oh, we he's saw. the season, guys are just yeah. I mean, everybody's banged up. Everybody, everybody on everybody's team is banged up, and it, all it takes is landing the wrong way or falling the wrong way or getting caught up in the pile, you know, and then boom, you're injured. So I just think it's more wear and tear. You're in, you know, we're three months into this thing, so it's everybody is just, just beat up. And that's why these when you get the bowl season, everything is so different. The bowl season because teams have a chance to get healthy. Teams have a chance to address. Like you finally got – I always say there are some things you cannot fix during the season. You can't. You don't have the time. We played that sound, that sound from Shano, Kyle Shanahan last week of saying, guys, I can't worry about Brock Purdy's mechanics during the season. I got to worry about getting the win. Yeah. His mechanics and footwork, that is an off-season thing that we will address in the off-season. During the season, all we worry about is game planning, preparation to get the win. That's right. That's what we focus on. And the same thing at the college level. You can only focus on game plan, preparation to get the win during the week. But when you get that bowl season, there is time to address some of those fundamental issues and technical issues. There is time to finally have a kind of a group think. A session about what's going on with our red zone, guys. Can we actually solve this red zone? You can put aside some extra time to do that uh, rather than during the season. Hey, I got a bye week. Worry about getting healthy and we're game planning for the next opponent yeah, or the for the feature game. Yeah. So I think when during the bowl season, that's why things get really weird because guys get healthier, teams get healthier, and teams have a, they have time, finally time, to address issues and time the game plan and prepare. Yeah. 
which we know that helps start yeah. too. Yeah, you you build your off season and then you you know game to game. It's just uh, getting ready and yeah. uh, getting as healthy as you can. And uh, uh, all right, so we'll have Sark at eleven o'clock today. You won't hear it here, but you'll see it on LHN, and we'll be talking about it uh, with uh, this afternoon. Rod and I tomorrow. Obviously, we'll hear more from Sark coming up from the post game. But now, having seen the film, recapping it, and we'll hear the update on the injuries with the Longhorns. Now, short week into the Texas Tech game on Friday night is a six thirty kick as we start uh, looking forward already, right? Because we only have three shows this week. I know. Short week. I love it. It's holiday. One of the greatest holidays known to man. Football, food, and family. That's all oh. Thanksgiving is about. It's a beautiful thing. And the most annoying thing about that is the family. <laughs> I love the football. Football, I love the food. Don't get tired of that. Only thing I may get tired of is my family. But I love them. That's now, all now, that reminds me of this question here. <laughs> this question. Uh, so, a recent survey. 45% of Americans say they'd bail on holiday gatherings with family and friends to take a solo vacation. Ooh, solo vacation? I don't know if I want to go on vacation solo. And I love or, going or, solo. Or you and the wife, right? Just say you and oh, the wife. Oh, and, hell yeah. And abandon Thanksgiving. Yes. <laughs> I, would, oh, I would love to do that. I can't now because we have a brand new baby girl and the family wants to see the baby girl. So I'll never have the opportunity. But I've actually, yeah, I've actually thought about that numerous times. Just go do my own thing on the holidays. Yeah. Don't worry about the stress and headaches of hanging out with the family. But that's why they family because – and, and you, up until recently, you, you were on your own, right? You were solo, so you could have done that. I was, yeah, I could have done that. And I used to hang out solo. I used to go to movies by myself and go dinner by myself. When you're playing in the league, you do that a lot. Yeah. Because you, you go to different teams, and it takes you a while like, to you know, get a circle of friends together. Yeah. And everybody in the, in the league, got, they got their own families. So it ain't like in college where you hang out with your friends all damn day. No, in the league, you know, if you've got a group of friends you can hang out with, great. But if I just got to a team, I probably haven't made that many friends. Not friends I can go out to dinner and hang out with and go out and kick it with. And most of the uh, guys there, they're grown men with their own family, so they got to get home. So it's a different life when you're like, I don't know, moving around from team to team in the league. Did a lot of dinners on my own, a lot of – uh, sure. movies on my own. For sure. Nothing wrong I, with that. I like, no, I like being – I have never minded being solo. Never minded at all. Uh, but, by the way, in the same survey, the 45 who said they would bail to take a solo vacation, 77% of Americans say that by the time the holidays roll around, they need a vacation <laughs> when it's over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for, especially if you're hosting. Oh. Ooh, if you're hosting, it's brutal. Well, and we had we had three kids under five, and then oh. so all the way through. Man. Uh, it, you know, I always used to say – doing radio during those times. There, there are vacations, and then there are, are trips. When you have all your kids, a trip. It's a difference. It's a family yeah, trip, or it's a trip. Because you're working. You're working. You're organized. You're on a schedule. Oh, man. You're, it's, like a, it's like a job, It's a man. trip, brother. <laughs> now, it's good to see family, mostly what we did when our kids were little and growing up, and so now there'll be a time to go on some Vacation. Now you got some real <laughs> vacation. Yeah, see, we had all our vacations before the kid, and now we're going to be number trips for the next 15 years or so. Yeah. <laughs> 15, 20, number trips. And then we'll go back to getting on some vacations. Well, man. we just said it. We do you know, tribal stuff in politics, tribal stuff in sports. Oh, man. And, you always, and, and we also told you that according to plumbers, uh, <laughs> this is the, the, the Friday after Thanksgiving. It's not only Black Friday. It's called Brown Friday in the plumbing industry. Come on. Busiest day of the year to go out for, for, for plumbers. Wow. And obviously a lot of food eating. What are y'all doing? A lot eat of waste. Some, eat some greens and some salad. Eat some salad. Blowing something. up toilets. Just wrecking these. And toilets. just family in town, so you got more people using. The know, yeah, the, the facilities yeah. and everything. Yeah, you know what? That's why. Yeah, man, I need y'all to Airbnb, get a hotel room, <laughs> and then everybody will be just breaking my toilet. Oh, yeah, exactly. Come on, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's this week. It's a Monday already. But we've got uh, the good, bad, and ugly from the weekend. Already looking forward to. Uh, 
Thanksgiving, the Cowboys are playing Thursday. Longhorns play Friday night. Sooners play Friday, Rod. Um, you know, the big game with Ohio State Michigan will highlight Saturday. And uh, Texans and Jaguars Sunday. Texans and Got Jazz. Four or five days. And it starts tonight, Rod. You know, if you can, if you can handle Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, navigate. You get tonight and then starting Thursday, it is a feast of football uh, and great like sports. And tonight you get the Longhorns in UConn. Um, let's hope that in college basketball. Let's hope that doesn't get. I ugly. was surprised when you said the line was only six. That's, me too. That's why I was like, "Ooh, I expect because I, I expect UConn to beat them pretty we'll handily." See. Well, they'd have to play better than yesterday because yesterday they were a seventeen and a half point favorite over Louisville, and they won by a bucket at the buzzer. Yeah. So they have to play a lot better today. But I will also say it's early season basketball. We just don't know. We just don't know. That's we, very true. You know, preseason rankings hardly matter because you, you got to see these teams, got to play. And Texas had played Rice, Incarnate Word, and, uh, gosh, Delaware yeah. State. Yeah. So you weren't sure what they were. And I don't think Rodney Terry's sure what exactly they are right now. They know who he's got on his team, but they're going to have to gel. UConn's got a bunch of new people too. UConn's so, got a lot of new people. So Longhorn's only a six-point dog. So we got that tonight. And as we've talked about all morning, the Chiefs and the Eagles uh, in one of the, the highlight oh, games of the season on I Monday know. Night Football. This, we can forget how good this game is going to be, man. i got to make sure – I'm settled in. This is appointment appointment, appointment night. Appointment night. Appointment viewing, man. All right. We'll, we'll hit that coming up. Uh, all right. Rod takes us behind the burn orange curtain. I'll, uh, Ty and I will grade ourselves on our picks from Friday. We went to head-to-head, plus before the end of the hour, some what's popping in Ty's Sex Panther pick of the night. That's all coming in the fabulous fifth hour. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook em up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. And we'll go behind the burn orange curtain one more time. Also, what's popping before the end of the hour? We just mentioned what a great Monday it is. What a great week for sports. Get ready. Uh, well, I think it's the what eighth week in a row, Rod. We're the sixth week in a row with the top eight teams did not lose in college football. Yeah. I mean, Longhorn fans keep waiting on. No one's no tumbling. No one to rise above. Yeah, now, Florida State took a somebody. loss. Florida State lost their quarterback, but they won the game over North Alabama. But Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, Washington, Oregon, Texas, and Alabama all winners over the weekend. Uh, obviously, that will change this week when Ohio State plays Michigan. Florida State has to play their rival in Florida. Uh, Georgia got through their toughest stretch ride. They're going to get Georgia Tech this week in that rivalry game. They'll win that by a mile. Uh, but they went right through Missouri. Tennessee and uh, Ole Miss, like it was nothing, and they're getting better. Michigan survived Maryland. Uh, Florida State lost their quarterback. Washington had a narrow two-point win over the Oregon State They've been winning like that all season, though. Yeah, they play a little bit like Texas. That's how they they win. They find ways with a great veteran quarterback and good receivers. Uh, Oregon – and, uh, you know, with an easy win. And that will bring us to uh, – Ty, can we fire up our college football music before we go behind the burn orange curtain and we can grade ourselves from our picks on Friday where we go head-to-head? Head. And, uh, by the way, the uh, – how about the winner of the week, Rod? New Mexico State got $1.3 million to go to Auburn and beat Auburn with Jerry Kill. Ooh, I love that. Walked out of there with a bag of money and said, we get the dove too, brah. Give me that money, man, in cash. I'll Thank take it. Much. I ain't get the dub. All right, Ty, Ty Henderson, how are you, man? How was your gambling weekend? Strong, partly cloudy, Midland? What are we doing? Didn't didn't really gamble. No. Oh, why? What happened? You just rested all weekend? No, I, I just I had a good time, watched games with nice with friends. With no gambling drinks. Growing up. Well, Ty, I have you at two and three for your picks over the weekend. Two and three that we made on Friday. Growing up before. Uh, Kansas State won, but they did not cover the seven and a half. Mm-hmm. 
That's a miss. North Carolina, you pick. They lost to Clemson and did not cover. Yep. Uh, Houston Cougars, you had plus six and a half. They lost to Oklahoma State, did not cover. But you did hit the horns. Props to you. You took Texas and laid the points. Got to lay it to play it. They won by ten. Line was seven and a half to eight. And you took Army. That was your best pick, Army over uh, Coastal Carolina. Nice job, my friend. Thank you. I was off a little bit there, but it's all right. All right, two and three. I had a four and one week, right? I bounced back. I had Georgia. There you go. Georgia and Tennessee. I had uh, Oregon to Tallywack, Arizona State, which they did. I had Oklahoma State head to head with Ty, and I had the Cowboys. Remember when the Cowboys play a bad team, just take it. They can't. They can't make a line big enough, right? Ten and a half. My miss was Oregon State, so I missed a five and a week by a point because Oregon State damn near won that game. Damn near. Damn near. They played that first they half did. in a rainstorm. Yeah. But uh, there you go. And yeah, the big winner was New Mexico State. Give us that 1.3, and we'll beat you anyhow. Was that? Oh, man. So, Auburn. Is that Auburn? Yes. Damn. That's ugly, man. What's Auburn's record now? They're, gonna make, they're, they're not making a bowl game, are they? Are they Let me a look. Bowl game? Yeah, and um, maybe we'll hear something this yeah. week. What, what's your what's – your, thank you, Ty. The music was good. And, uh, Ty, are, are you going to make a Sex Panther pick before us coming up? Is that going to happen? Are we going to get yeah, that knocked sure. out? Sure. All right. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Got to get your thoughts on some of these things. Did you see, uh, Ty? So, so uh, we, you know, what's what's our read on this A and M job? Is it going to ha- happen quicker or sooner or later? No, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're actually still vetting candidates. I do too. I think that's what they're actually. Dan Campbell doing. last week, uh, Jeff Trailer last week. There's probably talk of Mike Elko. And I wonder if they're going to wait until you know some of these these tenders, these, these contenders for the college football playoff until some of those coaches are done seeing they may be some of the top candidates. I wonder if they're going to interview those coaches or try to wait on it. Now, Billy Lucci, uh, Tex Ags, has reported that uh, they would like to have it done by this weekend. Like, okay. So, all right. They're, they, they're moving. Then. Sooner than later. Because, okay. I mean, the only they, they moved on Jimbo Fisher partly, A, because, you know, the Board of Regents met. They had lost to Ole Miss, and that was the, the coup de grace. But also, you know, their schedule is pretty favorable here. And so you don't want Jimbo to get on a run, and then you got to uh, got to whack him and get win some ball games. Well, but uh, by the way, Auburn is six and five. Okay, so they'll make a bowl game. They got it. But they didn't just lose to New Mexico State; they lost thirty-one to ten. I so said they got blown out. In that uh, that's that twelfth week game, that week twelve game that they play in the SEC. It's supposed to be a cupcake. It's a cupcake week. You're not supposed to lose that game. Yeah, it's cupcakes, man. <laughs> Like we're just when everybody's it's a stat pattern. We're gonna be out. We're gonna be out of the game, looking in the stands at dime pieces by the third quarter. Come on, man, dime pieces. I like that. Mm-hmm. By the way, New Mexico State nine and three now for Jerry Kill. They're doing a okay. good job. Okay, well, hating on New Mexico State, good team. Yeah, the 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 coach is like, man, why'd you schedule them? Come yeah. on, man. Well, cause they thought they were gonna be a cupcake. <laughs> Turns out that cupcake was ready. Twenty-one nothing second half. Yeah. The adjustments made to beat the Auburn Tigers that way and give us the check. Give me my money. And that's that's got to really upset the president or whoever it is. He's like, you know, I just paid, I paid them so you can, I paid them so you could have a cupcake coming here and then you could get an easy win. I paid how much for just a, what was supposed to be as expected W? A one point three mil. I paid them one point three mil so we can get one more dub on the schedule, and you you got you took an L. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, I might take that out of your check, Coach. Hey, Plumber on the text check. line says, guys, it's not just toilets on Brown Friday. It's uh, garbage disposals breaking down. Oh, that's Guests big. Guests who don't know what to put down a garbage disposal. Yeah, that's true. Good point. You're right about that. Yeah, people just put any damn thing down a garbage disposal. Come on, man. Yeah, I, that's ridiculous. I, I'm, I don't, I, I'm very careful about what I put down the garbage disposal. Yeah, a lot of it can go right in the trash can. Or yeah, your, exactly. Because we, you know, you don't like chicken bones and all those kind of things. Yeah, just put random food down. And then Uncle Johnny's like, oh, come on, man. It's a disposal. <laughs> yeah. It's a disposal. <laughs> 
Meaning dispose all. <laughs> it's like, no, it does not dispose of all. No. Come on, man. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Come on, man. Just make a uh, saving call. Come on, man. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's always Uncle, Uncle Johnny who uh, breaks the disposal, breaks the toilet. You Come know. on, Unc. What you doing? Come on, man. <laughs> Can you imagine being like a guest in somebody's house and you break the damn toilet? I think everybody's had that nightmare moment where you're at somebody's house other than your own and the toilet starts acting Overflows weird. or something? So it's acting weird, like it, you know, the water won't stop running or something. It's like you flush it and it's it rising. Down. Yeah, it's rising. You have like, a plunger. It's like, what is happening in here? <laughs> yeah, I think everybody's had that moment like, no, 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 please not me. Please not, not me. me. Please not. Don't let me be Everybody's the guy. about to eat dinner. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> right? There's a line outside the door. Please don't let it be me. Yeah. Uh, so I hope, hope those who are uh, – Dealing with that kind of issue, hope you find the help you need. That's why get hey, knowing a plumber is that is clutch too. Plumbers, that's one of those professions you would like to know one oh. or at least have an in with one. Electrician and a plumber. Electrician, plumber. There are certain friends like man, I would love to have an in with one of those people. All yeah. right, who do that for a living? Our oh. first house down in Kyle, I had a neighbor like that. Man, he had every tool ever oh, made, love ever them. made. Oh, that's fantastic. And he would, I mean, he was awesome. Uh, all right. So, uh, a real manly man. Well, <laughs> Jason listens to the show too. He's also an agronomist at a golf course. So he, he could, he would bring over this awesome fertilizer for the yard. Like, come on, man. So I, I, my That's dad, the good stuff. My dad was one of those people though, back in the day when people would come over to hit to our house back in the day, but it'd be like, uh, Henry, you guys, this kind of tool. Cause he had this huge tool, but he had like three big giant toolboxes. And if he was like my neighbor, he even not only did he have the tool, he would come do it for you. Oh, yeah, he would volunteer. <laughs> like, you, know, you know how to use this tool? If not, I'll be over there in like 10 minutes because I don't know you know what the hell you're yeah, doing. That's the best so, part. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you have the tool. I'll, I'll come do it for you. Yeah, exactly. Because they like doing that kind of well, stuff. Well, I totally agree, man. I, I, wish I'd have, I wish I'd have been passed down that gene for my dad. I did not get it. My brother got it. My brother's one of them people. Handyman. Can he fix almost anything? Just, well, no fear. We'll open up a, a contraption or machine. Just, what's wrong with it? Let me, let me see what's going on. Let me on. dive into that thing. I'm like, what the hell? Do you know what you're looking at? No, but it's got to be some here. Just, some people have that kind of innate knowledge, I do not. I didn't get any of it. I'm going to electrocute myself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, can we uh, go behind the burnt orange curtains? By the way, Ty, I would, have you ever had the toilet moment? Is that Ooh. something? You always have good stories. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's happened to me a few times. One of them, like, <laughs> at a lady's house or something like that. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing too bad. Honey, but... hey, babe, where's the plum- plunger? <laughs> Oh, that's a, that is talking about killing the romance. I mean, I told y'all the, excuse me. I told y'all the porta potty story from middle school already, right? Oh, yeah. the girls cross country team. Oh yes. Oh yeah, when you pooped your pants. When you were in view of others while doing this, right? Yeah, essentially. And, oh, and then there was no toilet paper in the porta potty, so I had to use my socks. Oh no. Just goes from bad to worst to no. the worst. All right, let's go behind the burnt orange curtain. We'll switch gears back to some football. We'll also get a preview one more time of this Monday Night Football game and the Longhorns with UConn. But let's go behind the BOC. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, now let's talk. Let's first give some props to the Texas defense here. And then I want to talk about Quinn Ewers a little bit. My man Jerry Hamilton shared a... A really cool little nugget with me uh, in regards to Quinn Ewers. And I want to get into that coming up uh, a little bit later on. But let's give props to this Texas defense, guys. Nine 
yards rushing allowed. I, there's no way we are being appreciative enough <laughs> of such a dominant performance where Texas holds uh, their opponent, Iowa State, to nine total rushing yards. So I'm going to try to go back and try to find how many times Texas had a, a defense that dominant in terms of just a single-digit rushing. I will say the 9 Texas defense, I went back and looked at it because that is the best rush defense Texas has had since the one that we're watching right now with Coach Texas. Boom. Uh, yes, Will Muschamp in that group, right, played uh, for a national title. Didn't win it, but played for a national title. Man, I went to see how many single-digit like, uh, rushing, uh, rushing yards allowed the games that they have where they allow just single digits in the, rush, in, in the rushing department in a the game. They allowed minus six in a game, <laughs> negative 16 rushing yards in a game, and six yards rushing in a game. Yeah. So they had not only did they have multiple games where they allowed just single-digit rushing yards to an opponent, they had two games where they allowed negative rushing yards to an opponent. That is just next-level freaky. Uh, so getting back to it, yes, this rush defense is the best rush defense that Texas has had since that rush defense in 2009. And if you're looking at just statistically in the Big 12, talking about just the Big 12 conference, in the last 15 years, since 2009, this would be, based on my stats, the second best rush defense, sorry, third, third best rush defense in the Big 12 since 2009. You're going to be behind 2009 Texas, because 2009 Texas is Texas elite. They were allowing a little, uh, little under a right at 60 rushing yards per game. Uh, in, this is in Big 12 play. Remember, this is in the Big 12 play. All right. Um, Oklahoma State, actually, they also uh, made that top two uh, best rushing defenses in the last 15 years. They were allowing 72 rushing yards per game. Now, this is, those are final numbers. Keep in mind, Texas still got technically two if they, you know, take care of business. They'll have two conference games left. And Texas right now is third best rush defense in the Big 12 in the last um, 15 years, allowing a little over 77 rushing yards per game. That number, I think, is going to drop again versus Tech. We'll see. Um, but they do, they do rush the football more than you would think for an air raid team with Taj Boyd. And, then of course, if you're going to play Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game, that will probably be the biggest test for this rush defense other than, uh, since the K-State game where K-State brought in a top five rushing offense with two quarterbacks, duo dual-threat quarterbacks, who um, and Will Howard and Avery Johnson, and Texas shut them down as well. I mean, they shut that K-State rushing offense down. I believe K-State had their lowest rushing output as an offense since 2014. If I'm not mistaken, I'll go back and make sure that, but I believe that is the number. So this Texas rush defense, if you're thinking to yourself, damn, man, this is the best rush defense I've seen in a long time, you're right. Best on the 40 acres since 2009 and the best in the Big 12, all right, third best in the Big 12, I should say, since 2009. And so it is elite, and it starts with Fondre Sweat, starts with Byron Murphy. They're going to end up both making first-team all Big 12 D tackles, uh, uh, you know, and t last time Texas had two D tackles make first team All Big Twelve D tackles was Sean Rogers and Casey Hampton, and I believe this is the best D tackle duo that Texas had. And I said this earlier this year since Sean Rogers and Casey Hampton. Yeah, they're playing to that level without they're a playing. doubt. And no uh, doubt. can I ask you to from DB to DB to critique Jaron Thompson's pick? That was a, oh, he came was from a, a long way on that. Yeah, it was a, it was an over route. 
Rocco back through it a little late, but it was an over route, and you could tell that Jaron Thompson saw it the whole way and really baited the quarterback into throwing it. It was a great pick by him, um, and that, those inside breaking routes. I've been talking about how Texas has been vulnerable to inside breaking routes, and if I'm not mistaken, E, was that not sudden change? If I'm not mistaken, interception, I believe, was sudden change by Texas. And what I mean by sudden change is uh, it's coming off of a, a turnover of some kind. And it felt like it was Texas coming off of a turnover there um, and giving the ball back to him. And they took their – that was their shot play. There was one of their plays where they were trying to take a shot and it ended up being an interception. I forgot how that worked out for them. I'll look it up. Yeah, I, I, I'll go back and make sure. Of it. But it felt like that just watching the game that – they had gotten the ball back, and that was them taking a shot downfield, and they thought, oh, we can take this shot with this over route. And it, it, it was open for a minute, and then Jaron Thompson ends up making a great play there. Okay, let's talk about Quinn Ewers. we got a few minutes. Let's talk about Quinn Ewers here. That, that, it came after a punt. It's uh, a punt. Ryan okay. Sanborn punted 33 yards. I would say drive so started at the uh, 37. Okay. And uh, no so, huddle shotgun intercepted by Jaron Thompson. Okay. First play so, of the drive. Yeah, felt like that because it was the first play. But you're right. It was, so it ended up being a punt there. Um, but, it, it, man, that was a great play, though. You're right. Jaron Thompson, he's had like three of those this season. Well, that's why the game Clutch somewhat. Clutch plays, though, I, right? I keep saying this. is reminding me a little bit of the Alabama game where, um, you know, th- this isn't Alabama. But the way the yes. Longhorns won that game, you know, Jaron Thompson made some mistakes, but he also made a huge interception. Just like he did in the Alabama game. Yes, he did. <laughs> Texas ran the clock out. I mean, te- yeah. Texas had some frustrating parts of the first half with the touchdowns called back and the X-Man fumble. Uh, the Bama game was kind of the same way where you, right just, you, just, you just kept telling yourself, man, this is not going to end good because we're missing on our opportunities. We know this team wants to shorten the ball. And in the end, you know, they, they got hot in the second half, sarked out up the, the great play calls, and then they were able to run the clock out uh, once you could, because the defense got the stop. Uh, when they still had a chance, and it was Byron Murphy bull rushing the interior and sat, you know, ragdolling the quarterback to set up fourth and long. They had to go for it, didn't get it, and then Texas was able to run the clock out. Um, so, Jared Thompson, does he have two pick sixes this year? Let me look that he up. He got the too. one in Alabama game. Didn't he win the Wyoming game or something like that? Remember there was another big play he made, a clutch play down the stretch that really started – it sparked a run for Texas? I'll check. I could be misremembering this. My CTE could be kicking in. Um, <laughs> but he's made some clutch plays, is my point, because that started a run for Texas, that that interception. Jaron Thompson has three interceptions for the year, yeah. five pass breakups. I want to say two of them have been picked. I think so. Yeah. Um, but remember, he, that, that kind of starts a, a run for Texas, though. He, that interception really kind of gets things going for Texas it there. Did. Um, and then Texas is able to pull away from Iowa State. So it was a clutch play by Jerry Thompson. Okay, here's the little nugget my man Jer- uh, Jerry Hamilton broke out for me about Quinn Ewers. And I thought it was interesting. So I went deep, doing some deeper diving on, in it just to try to figure out uh, what could be the reason for it. Like what's the, um, the reason for this pattern? So in the first quarter, if you're looking at just completion percentage and completion percentage, look at passer rating. Look at both of those, right? In the first quarter – uh, Quinn's completion percentage, this is the entire season, right? First quarter, completion percentage, 65%. Second quarter, uh, he's at 71%. In the fourth quarter, he's at 87%. Wow. Now, it drops down to 64% in the third quarter, strangely enough. Now, he's at 71% completion percentage in the second quarter. He's at 87% completion percentage in the fourth quarter. His passer rating goes in the first quarter to 137. It's 150 in the second quarter, 160 in the third quarter, and 237 in the fourth quarter. 
And so Quinn's been really good in the fourth quarter this year <clears throat> and actually hasn't been as good on Sark's scripts. It's kind of the point that Jerry was making, that he hasn't been great on Sark's 20-play script starting out the game in the first quarter, but he's been better as they make adjustments throughout the game in the second half and the fourth quarter. It's a good point. And, uh, you know, this is part of why we heard last week that maybe he's leaning on coming back. He's got to continue to get better, and you're seeing the progression from one year to the next. Can you imagine Quinn next year with another year of this? Yes. What I would say is let's also remember those scripts are designed – not just to get yardage, it's really to see what the defense is going to do versus different formations. So you want to throw a lot at them in those scripts, and then you see, okay, this is how they're going to try to defend this formation. Yep. And now we can, okay, mental note, the, if we go this way, that's probably what they're going to do, and here's how we can attack that. Yep. So it's, you're trying to, to out your team, your opponent, um, to learn totally maybe agree. with those scripted plays, 10 or 15 or 20, uh, here's their game plan against us. You're trying to, you're trying to, to, to you know, figure that out. Yep, I totally agree. And also, don't forget, early on in the season, multiple teams, Sark kind of made a running joke, showed them something different on game day than they had prepared for on film. Right? We saw that with – he said that with Rice. He talked about that with Wyoming. He talked about that with U of H. Like, that had been the trend. Also, I think that may be one of the reasons for the slower start for Quinn Ewers. He's seeing looks that he's not prepared for. Slower start for Quinn means slower start for Texas. We'll come back when we do uh, final segment of the fabulous fifth hour in our show on a Monday. It's What's Poppin'. And we know there's a lot popping tonight. We'll get you details to coming next on Hook 'em Up. What's poppin'? Who you a Brand new whip, just, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that flight stocking. Just joshing. I'm spending this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. What's popping? Uh, Ty apparently has uncovered the mystery of Snoop Dogg. Snoop. We had the story last week. The Snoop Dogg is going to give up smoking. I know. And apparently, we now have the marketing ploy that this was all centered around. I didn't trust it. Yeah, come on. This a world where Snoop doesn't smoke. What are we doing? <laughs> exactly. Not a world I want to live in. Man. Yeah. Ty, <laughs> what, Ty, what did you uncover here with the uh, the Snoop Dogg? Um, it was all an ad here. for a smokeless outdoor fire pit slash stove. Oh, come on. You got us. There you go. Good job, Snoop. I'm not going to lie. I kind of want one. That later. I kind of want one now. You want one? It looks like, look pretty cool. Ty's been marketed. How do you do a smokeless fire? You said smokeless fire pit? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out. It's like a portable. I'm trying to figure out the technology with this. You put yeah, wood in it. Smoke. So it's, huh. I don't know. Yeah, what? I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna have to do some more research, but it looks pretty cool. It's like those seedless watermelons. It looks like they're, that, I they're, thought it was going to be. <laughs> I think their Instagram has like 400,000 followers now, though. So it looks like oh, it works. Well, you can, you can thank the Aggies for the uh, seedless watermelon. Oh, is that the, really the Aggies yeah. did that? Nice. The, the agronomists. There you go. Yeah, Love man. That. They come up with all kinds of cool stuff. Cross-breeding down there. Cross-pollination. Hey, see, so we also have uh, – uh, I thought it was going to be gummies, Rod. I thought it was going to be gummies. That would have been good. That would have been – smokeless. Makes sense. Gummies. That's why Willie – remember, Willie gave up smoke. Willie Nelson. Yeah, well, he's right? 90-something now. Yeah, he's, know. he still, I think, consumes marijuana, but no, sure. no longer smoking it because yeah, it's some, bad for his lungs. He's had some lung things. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the great Willie Nelson. All right, so there you go. The good job. So good job, Ty. Ty, do you have a Sex Panther pick of the night? Because we have some a lot to choose from. A lot of college basketball, including the Longhorns, number 19 in the country in 4-0, playing number 4 in the country, UConn, uh, who are also 4-0. Uh, the line is, as Todd Rod mentioned, it was minus 6.5 for UConn. What do, we, do you have a pick? And we also have the Chiefs and the Eagles tonight. Well, I'll give you thinking? three. How about that? Three picks tonight? I'll give you Kansas City minus 2.5. Under four, with the Eagles. Uh, under 45 and a half. Go with that trend. The unders in primetime games. Primetime unders. And then Texas plus six and a half. The homer pick. 
The homer Ooh. pick from Ty. That is a homer pick. Well, I mean, if you're looking at UConn, they're both 4-0. Their best win was over Indiana in this tournament. They beat them by 20. They're averaging 96 points a game. Tristan Newton is their leading scorer at uh, uh, nearly, you know, just over 17 a game. Uh, shoots, this guy's a sharp shooter. I mean, this is just a Dan Hurley coach team. Um, but you know, this will be fun. Longhorns have to be better uh, in every defense. phase. You've got to play better defense. All, all you're right. It's just, uh, every phase. Three point, uh, that three-point shooting's got to improve, too. Were they 2 of 17? 2 of 17. Yeah, they're good. They um, be and they were, you know, the, the Louisville, Texas was the superior roster. That's why they were favored by 17 points. Uh, but Louisville played with a lot of energy. Louisville was aggressive, and I'm sure Dan Hurley's going to borrow that, the dribble drive, get into the line. Get to the line. They shot 31 free throws, Louisville did. In fact, it was just a parade of fouls. And uh, the, a lot of that is, is, you know, defensive issues. You can't let them get, you know, get past you. You've got to play some good on-ball defense, uh, which we know UConn can. And then you've got to figure out what your rotations are. When they go to the big lineup, um, uh, I don't know if that's because they, they, yeah. when they have Caden Shedrick and Dylan Mitchell yeah, on the floor saying, with yeah. Brock Cunningham. That would be a problem. Yeah, we'll see what they do. They're still waiting on Dylan DeSue to get back. That'll be big. That could be coming next month uh, with the big man from Pflugerville. Then, then, they can go, then you can go real big lineup, right? You can put uh, Shedrick with DeSue. But Dylan Mitchell's got to become a big offensive player because teams are just sagging off of him. It's and it's kind of clogging the lane. They're shoot. They're just daring him. Yeah, you, until he can prove it, right? Sure. You're going to. Uh, and then we know the, the only – you know you have a good backcourt in Aismas and Hunter. Tyrese Hunter and Max Aismas hit the game winner last night, but they're small. So yeah. – and one of the guys that really impressed me yesterday was Kendall Weaver, kid from UT Arlington. He yeah. came off the bench and gave you some energy. Uh, he's a little bit of a bigger guard. The other guy they got to get shooting is Ethel Horton, who uh, went 0 for 3. Those, I mean, those are your best shooters. Ethel Horton and Max Aismas are your best shooters. They were not good yesterday shooting the rock, so – yeah, no, it's. Not, I didn't think shooting would be a problem with this team, and I don't think it will be um, throughout the season. Uh, certainly, the case though in that game versus Louisville, they just couldn't find a bucket. Hey, on the uh, Chiefs Eagles, uh, Ty, are you going with the Andy Reid off a of bye week thing? Um, I mean, you know that, his record is yes, ridiculous. That that they're just amazing at home. The Eagles are still a little banged up, even though they're coming off the bye week as well. So I, I, I trust Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes more than I trust. Uh, Sirianni and I mean, Andy Reid off a bye week is ridiculous. Andy Reid off a bye, but also I just told you, Kansas City defense, man, they're top five defense, total scoring. They just said, you know, they're a different monster on defense side, but they're a better defense than the Eagles. The Eagles have more star power, and they have more impact players, I think, defensively. But as a unit, Kansas City is better. And imagine that, and add that to, I think Andy Reid's a better head coach. Add that to, I think Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback, even though Jalen Hurts is a damn good one. Nah, I'll take the Chiefs. They can check all the boxes. Just counting regular season game, Rod. Andy Reid's record off a of bye week is twenty-one and three. Exactly. And in Kansas City, thirteen and one. <laughs> don't give that time. Don't give that guy extra time to prepare. If, if you add postseason games to the equation, Andy Reid's record thirty and six. Yeah. Winning percentage of eight thirty-three. Extra time. That's your and, and now Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and a defense. And a defense. And a defense now. Yeah. Uh, good stuff tonight. Uh, we will be talking about it tomorrow. Can't wait. It, it's a Super Bowl rematch and could be a preview. I mean, we haven't had a repeat Super Bowl since the early 90s with the Cowboys and Bills, as Rod told us. This could be. These are two of the best teams in football, 8-1 and one versus 7-2. and two. Enjoy that tonight. Enjoy the Longhorns. We'll be talking about it tomorrow. Obviously, Steve Sarkeesian has his game week news conference today. We'll get all the updates on the injured Longhorns and 
Already looking, zeroing in on Friday's big matchup with Texas Tech. Yes, Rod, sir. have a good Monday, my friend. You too, brother. Enjoy the football. Let's talk about it tomorrow at 6 a.m. If you missed any part of today's show, it's all podcast at hornfm.com.